Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here. Today, we're talking about uh, kind of a hot topic. Why don't people go to church? Uh, What's that all about? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> just uh, wonder about that. Do you wonder about that? We talk a lot about this. My guess is y'all talk a lot about this. Uh, if you're having a little bit of trouble getting people to come to your church. And over uh, 85% of churches are having that kind exactly. of trouble. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations if you're among the 15%. Uh, percent. There it is. Anyways, a lot of us sit around and we talk about that because we wonder, well, how can we get people to come to our church? Well, perhaps... And we're going to hold by this, that it's uh, the real question we should be asking is, why aren't people coming to our church? Why aren't people coming to church to, to begin with? What do you have to say? Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. We live in a culture now where nobody wants to go to church. Now, you and I know that that's, you know, hyperbole. That's a, generalization. Yeah, that's right. right? So, so when I say nobody, I mean, well, let's be honest, often nobody <laughs> <laughs> there's times when you don't want to go to church. There's times when I don't want to go to church. And, you know, that that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, that's go a ahead. good question. I'm sorry. I just broke <laughs> you off or cut you off. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's like, hello, there are times you don't want to go to church. Can you deny that, right? Yeah, you right. want to sleep yeah. in or you've got somewhere else you'd rather be. Or someplace you feel like you need to be. Right, exactly, other than in church, which it says that you don't always want to go to church, right? We have that choice, right? Right, Or we don't always well, go to church. You might right. say, I might say, I want to go to church, but. Well, and then, and then there, there are those who don't have, to, don't have a choice. They have to go to church. They're being paid to show up. Right. Or, you know, and it's like, there are times. And, and folks, we get it. We really do get it. I, I love the passage um, in Hebrews that says, you know, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, which is, of course, if you read in a larger context, is taken way out of context most of the time. But it doesn't change the reality that it is inviting us to get together on a regular basis. But I want to remind you that a regular basis, at least in the Old Testament law, back in the day, you know, Jesus' day, you were required to go to church three times a year. That's just one more time than your Christmas and Easter people. No. <laughs> they're they're two-thirds there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm advocating excuses. I'm not saying that's not the way it ought to be. Should we be faithful? Should we be in church on a regular basis, weekly? We absolutely believe so. But the problem we have when it comes to, and I'm talking about the church, that, that we have when it comes to trying to figure out how to get people to come is that we have our well-churched minds in place instead of saying what's in the mind of unchurched Bob and Barbara. And so this morning I want to talk about unchurched Bob and Barbara, and, and I want to talk about, about church from their perspective yeah. as opposed from our perspective of they ought to be there. Right. You know, in, in, You're right. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah. How many times have we heard that? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And since, yeah. since the 1950s, and back in the 1950s, and I don't remember the 1950s. I was born there, but I never really, I don't remember anything about it. But be that as it may, is in the 1950s in the United States, North America, 
it was 1954 actually, was the moment where we had the most people in the states at least attending church or uh, being an active member of a church. It was something like 58% of Americans were active in some way um, in churches. Now today that number has plummeted and you know it's been a slow bleed but it's been an ongoing bleed. Now we're hemorrhaging. Right, now we're hemorrhaging. Right, slowly, now hemorrhaging. But back in the 50s and the 60s, everyone went to church. And if they didn't go to church, they knew they should. And again, hyperbole. Right. But the reality is it's, there, there was a cultural norm that church attendance was a thing. You actually, there, there are advertisements in newspapers, newspapers, in magazines that show car manufacturers saying, you know, this is the car to go to church in. You know, you, you don't see much of that anymore. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be selling any cars. Oh, well, at least they? not for that reason. Anyway. We'll sell you this car and then you can go to church. Just imagine what all those people are going to think. Forget your friends because your <laughs> friends won't see it there. But then you can use that bumper sticker that says, follow me to church. Right, exactly. What church? Exactly. But, you know, yeah. okay, yeah, all right. All right. So, so let's get down to this. We've, we've talked a little bit about, which you already know the scenario, right? Well, one of those reasons is that church just isn't practical. Uh, it's We go, and it's one of those, so what? I, I visited a church many years ago, so I can say this. Well, not too many years ago, but probably about eight or nine, ten years ago. And um, it was a little church, and the minister uh, had prepared this, this, this sermon, and she was obviously using... Uh, uh, um, a famous preacher's preaching habit or preaching pieces. Um, you may she like borrowed pulpit. The sermon. Yeah, well, she, it wasn't that that person's sermon. I don't think. I think she was weaving it, but she was using that person's ideas. Okay. Okay. And and so every time she she wanted to quote that that ser- or use that quote or quote from that article, say uh, in her sermon, she would say, "Well, so and so says." And and I'm thinking these people have no idea who so and so is. And they'll you know, care. They and yeah. So what? Well, but you know maybe they'll care because oh wow okay. But but she did that three or four different times, and and then we left there knowing something partly that we didn't know who so and so was. Uh, but we left there and that was all. You know we didn't even feel good about why we we were there. So why on earth should I give up about we say one hour. Uh, of my week, but why give up an hour and a half of my week? Two, well, more like two, two and a half hours when you count in what time, it, what it takes to get ready to go and the drive there. We're not going to go there because two hours is being very, very uh, minimalistic in this case. Sorry. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, it, moving on. It takes, a, it takes a while to get so, there. But here, so we but, need it to be practical. Right, There's got to be a reason that, that they come. Right. Well, let, let me, I just want to build on Play what you me. said. It, it is in that it, when, when Chris is talking about being practical, what she means is, I think what she means, I'm going to put words in her mouth and she'll tell me if I'm wrong or not. It won't be the first time. Well, also won't be the first time I put words in her mouth. But <laughs> you know, what she's saying is, hey, when they show up to church, they expect to go home with more than a gee whiz kind of, well, that was interesting. Do you know that no one lost sleep last night or last week or last month sweating over whether the Trinity was for real um, or trying to understand the Trinity? Maybe some theologian somewhere in 
someplace. But, but well, somebody, some people may say, oh, wow, cool, never thought about that. Or, hey, let's argue may, that. I'm not maybe, sure. but, maybe, but maybe. But Bob and Barbara Food don't. for thought. I mean, Bob, that's what they're giving. Yeah, Bob, and Bo we Bob and Barbara are not. Bob, I'm sure it's Bob and Barbara Probably aren't worried not. about that. They're not thinking about that. They don't care about that. As important as it is to you and me, um, it is not important to them. And when they come to a church and they hear a sermon on, you know, that, that again, is talking theology or talking how the church should behave or talking about what the church does, it's irrelevant to the life. It, it's not just not practical. Right. It's not even relevant to the life. Right. And it's right. like, why would I put myself in a place where I'm going to invest two or three hours right. in getting ready and, and sitting down there and enduring whatever the worship is, whether they love it or don't, but that, you know, and they get to this, this sermon topic and it's like, Okay, that was interesting. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Not really. Right. Okay, so you said the word. And for me, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to say practical, but it's practical and relevant. The two really go together. So, you know, there's that relevant. How is that relevant to my life? So the question we're asking is, how is that relevant to your life? Now, a lot of us will say, well, because you should know about the Trinity. How many times have we heard that? Well, they should know this and they need to know that. And then I have to come back and say, why? But, and, 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 but adding to because that. Because that's orthodox theology. And that's a good thing to learn in Sunday school, right. not from the pulpit. But they're not ready for that. Right. Exactly. Right. When we learn this in difficult, painful ways, we, we would have people come to Sunday school classes, uh, usually Sunday school classes, not our small groups, that we were leading and, and, I mean, separately and together. And we felt like you needed all this background information, you know, let me draw out all of these things I, you'll find in a tenets that we have. And right. we lost them. You know, they, they, like literally sometimes we lost them because they were babies in the faith or not really there deeper in their faith. And, and we're giving them head stuff with what they're looking for is life well, stuff. What they need is Yeah, life what they need, they need is life stuff. practical. You know, going back There's to your word. Practical. Practical. And I don't want to go one more yeah, step. Go. It's not just about relevance. Relevance right. is important. It's right. not just about practical. Practical importance. Go. They have to see that it's valuable. Oh, and when I say yeah. valuable, I mean valuable to their life. That it's something they can apply and and put into practice. And again, it's practical, right. but they, it, it, it has a benefit for them. And let's be honest, most sermons have very little benefits attached. Maybe lots of features, and there's a difference. A feature has the car has four doors and gets good ga gas mileage. Some people buy a car for that. Most people buy a car because hey, it's fun to drive, and and I, I in in you know I, I get heads turned when I drive it, and etc. So what is the benefit that they get from being in or listening to your sermon? What do they walk away with that's valuable? You go that applies to my life. I feel better. I work better. My relationships are better. My marriage is healed. My kids are, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I realize I keep touching you and I don't mean to cut you off at all. You can't see my hands and because that's not, it's like, wait, I've got an idea here too. I, I want to, it's not just about your sermon and it's not just oh, right, about exactly. your worship service. It's it's about a totality. I was just talking your to a pastor. Right. I was just talking to a pastor about that and we were talking about using, um, uh, I don't want to say who the pastor is. So uh, we were talking about using a particular resource. I'm just going to say uh, purpose-driven uh, life. Okay, I'm, that wasn't what it was. So we were talking about that, and then uh, that pastor said, oh, wait, uh, oh, not, oh, wait. Yeah, we're going to do this. I've got the book. I'm ready to start preaching on it and, and using that. But then somebody came and said, hey, you know, I'd really like to do a series on, um, I don't know, on The Chosen. 
And, and so it was, I think we'll do something and say, whoa, wait, 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 wait. What we want to do, if you're, if you're in, committed to purpose-driven life, then do everything around purpose-driven life and your youth programming, your children's programming, you know, all of it, and let's hold the chosen off, and then you can switch that out, focus on the chosen. You want to be offering something that's total life that's, that can make a difference for them. You their know, whole right. family, not just them and their friends. Right, and, and you're talking somatic, somaticizing, you know, your programming at your church, and the reality right. is uh, we, we, we attended a church that tried this, um, and they did uh, financial peace. Oh, and they, yeah. And they insisted yeah. everything and everybody do financial peace, which yeah. actually... Even their small groups. Yeah, even their small All groups, which in theory was a great idea. The problem was... They let is, it out of the bag. Well, yeah, they let the cat out of the bag and, and said, well, the whole reason we're doing this is so you can give more money to the church. And it became very self-serving as opposed to we're doing this because we know the majority or many, many of our members are over their heads in, you know, financially, you know, they're, they, they, they're over their heads in, in debt and whatnot. You know, motivation is really important here. So, but the, the idea was a great idea. It was a great idea. You know, and, and they did it well. Oh my gosh, we did. know people who... We have a who, daughter who is debt-free from that. Thousands you know? of dollars so, of right, debt-free. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and has been debt-free for years now yeah. because of it. But... It, in this particular case, it killed the church because of motivation, which is, uh, maybe we talk about that some other time. That's another day. We're talking about why people don't go to church. And then, so one of the reasons yeah, is say never. they don't go to church because they don't find it practical practical or uh, helpful, you know, valuable in their lives. But I want to say there's another reason why they don't go to church. And of course, I think that's the main reason, but there's another reason. And that's because Bob and Barbara have what they do on Sunday and it's their yeah, ritual. Right. They, you know, they get up. Baba Barbara, and this is and this is where if you're going to figure out how to reach people in your community, you, you start with them. Don't start with you. Don't project on where they where you think they are. Go have conversations and find out where they are. That's you know that's huge advice because we don't do it. We just project and think. You know, well, we know what they're like. Well, we don't. They're unchurched. You're churched. You're in a whole. You're like in a a fish pond or a fish bowl, mm -hmm. and and. You're, you're there, and they're not. So mm -hmm. start with them. But in any event, so Bob and Barbara, they get up on Sunday morning, and, and I, I don't, you know, this is just one Bob and Barbara I do know, and they, they get up, and they get their coffee, and they, they, they do a light breakfast. They, they always do. And then they sit down, and they watch, what is the program with George Stephanopoulos? Oh, the, yes, Sunday morning with George so, Stephanopoulos. Sunday morning with George, and, and, and they watch this religiously. Right. Really religiously they don't miss it and, and there's a lot of folks who do that others i know that they, they they get up they get ready they take their kids to soccer practice or the soccer right. games or they're on the road right. for the basketball games you know the traveling teams and all that and that's their sunday rituals now when you invite someone like that to church they're going let's see i've got what i do every sunday right. whether it's sleep in right. Almost no one sleeps until noon, by the way. You know, young people sometimes do. I but, know some. Yeah, but are. not a whole lot. And so this, well, it's only Sunday, I get, only day I get to sleep in. It depends in. on who it is. Right. Okay. But the majority, that's not the deal. And, you know, but it's an excuse. Well, it's the only day I get to, to sleep in. Really? Okay. Anyway, there's, there's all these excuses. But what they're really saying is, I have the stuff that I do, and I have to weigh it up against... Right how I perceive the value in what you're offering me. And again, it goes back to that practical thing. But it's like to break my habits, to break out of what I'm doing, there's got to be a pretty compelling reason. And 
going to church is, for most people, right. not a very good reason for that. Right. They, they just don't. So let's say there are excuses and there are reasons. You and I kind of disagree as to which is which. But for me, an excuse is something like, I need you to please excuse me. Uh, a reason is this is why. So there are parents, and, and let's face it, a lot of soccer uh, soccer teams and I'm sure Little League and whatnot, oh, yeah. uh, right, they play. And so that's on a Sundays. reason. On Sunday. That's right. On Sundays. One of my beefs was where we did Wednesday programming years ago when you do Wednesday programming. Back in the day. And one of our elders, right, our spiritual leaders in the church, he was a coach of a, uh, of a soccer team, and he had control over when they practiced, and he practiced on Wednesday evening. We had to have some conversation about that but anyways all that notwithstanding so you have those who have reasons but then one of the things I love to do is drive through a, a neighborhood on a Sunday morning and see what people are doing and I watch so many people mowing their lawns right and so that becomes you know we hear this it's the only time I have to to do chores or or the only time before the week starts again where I can spend time really with my kids so we then now we have to think how do we work around that right work around it or you know the reality is is that we are in competition right and and i just want to throw this out when it comes to kids programming because this well they you know even my well church people they're taking their kids to soccer they're taking the kids to softball let's think through why because let's be honest the parent thinks that the child is getting more benefit out of soccer or out of baseball than they are out of Moses and the bulrushes in Sunday school. Uh, okay. Go ahead. So I don't want to add on to what that problem is. What I do want to add into here, though, is Sunday morning may just not be the right time. Okay. That okay, I, 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 I'm going to cut you off. You come back with that a minute. Let me finish the point I was oh, making. Okay, go ahead. All right. It's church talk. Right. I talked in the program. Lively conversation. Yeah. Okay, go. Go, go, right. go. So, so, you know, they're, they're choosing this over that. And they're choosing this over the soccer over little or over um, church, church because in soccer, little league sports teams, whatever, what, what do the kids get? What they go away with? They get leadership skills. They're, they're, they're taught teamwork. They're taught, you know, of course, the, the skills of the, the playing. They're taught how to lose. They're taught good sportsmanship. It, it, the list goes on. What do they learn in Sunday school? How to make macaroni necklaces. And again, Moses in the bulrushes. And we go, we, we don't understand why they don't show up to Sunday school. Well, maybe we ought to be teaching leadership and, you know, and, and all the rest of that. And again, now going back to where you say. I'll go there in a the, minute. The, yeah. The, okay, go ahead then. Are you ready? Yeah, go okay, for it. So well, I'm going to go there in a minute. But here's the other thing about these sports, a sports team. It, it isn't done in just on one day. It's done over several days and, and actually over a season. Right. So, and, and it's not just this is what you should do. I mean, this is one of my pieces about churches. We stand up in in, uh, in on our pulpits and we talk about why you should be involved in this and how you have to do this differently. We know what if that worked in and of itself, we would have been out of a job. 2000 years ago, right? I mean, Jesus tried that and it didn't work that way. So what you get in, you know, you're going to get, okay, be a good sport, but it's, it's how can we help you to be a right. good sport, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's, 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 we not, model just, it. it's we, not just talk. They don't just say, right. here's the 10 commandments. Right. They talk about this is how to do it. And then they, they give them opportunities because very rarely do you want a little league team or a soccer team that wins every stinking game. Right. And so you get to experience loss and how to be a good loser. And 
And you, if you're not a good loser, the coach, if it's a good coach, sure. is, is, you know, say, that's not okay. And they're teaching it because right. it's behavior-based and macaroni necklaces Stop and being so ugly about macaroni <laughs> necklaces. I have a lot of macaroni. And people don't make macaroni necklaces anymore in, yeah. in Sunday school. Yeah, they do. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, but, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, is, is it, again, it's not translating. Again, it's head knowledge. We're right. educating. We're not training. And there's a, re not there's, there's a reason why Sunday school for little kids and adults has failed at making disciples of Jesus Christ and, you know, people who actually follow because right. it's about the head right. and not about behavior, which, you know, again, whether that's on Sunday morning for worship or in your Christian education program, right. that's, that's a, an issue that, again, relevance, practicality, and value is, are they getting what they need? Right. Okay. That's good. Now, here's another piece. I don't know that you were thinking about going here. I don't know that I was thinking about going here, but I'm going here. Uh, I've worked with a number of churches who have 10, five times as many children on a Wednesday evening program than they do on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. And people See get really upset. I've listened to so many complaints, you know, in those churches. They won't come on Sunday. Down. Yeah, we have, they, they, not we, they have all those children at the Wednesday night thing and none of them ever come back. Well, you know what? I should do it as a man because sometimes it's a man's voice. Anyways, uh, so that works. That's what works for them. <laughs> and yep. you, know, you have to say what's working. And that, that becomes, I think, another piece is, we, you know, we're looking at why they aren't. And then we do have to ask, why are they? Right. right? It's not how can we yet. It's why are they? And, and to say. And then, and then maximize will. that program. Right. Exactly. You know, put, put your eggs yeah. in that basket so, and disciple them there. Right. Is that question, a question there is, uh, is it really working because we're seeing the differences in their lives? And why take and try to force what's working on a Wednesday night and get them into Sunday? And we were trained this way, and I sometimes wonder how many of us consultant coach kind of folk are trying this, that we get people in. We used to talk about getting them in the back door. And we have written with, you know, starting churches and in and, and, uh, and turnaround church work, we've taken and said, where do you want people to end up ultimately? Do you want to end up in worship? If you want to end up in worship, then how do you take all of these these different ministries and help to move them into worship? Are you trying to move them into uh, discipleship? How do you, where are they coming in? And how are we going to get like, them to, right. to discipleship? And, and there's still a thought about that, right? How do we get them into worship? How do we get them into Sunday school? Whatever that is. And, and first we ask, where are we trying to get them? And can that be there? You know, what, why is it, what is it we're, offering in a worship service that will put them there. What does that is, make sense? It, it does, but let me but, just... Go ahead. Okay, no, no, there's no You're going to translate? But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what is the ultimate goal? And there's there's where we, we miss so often is we think the ultimate goal is Sunday morning worship. Right, 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 right. And if, if that is the ultimate goal, then okay, great. But if the ultimate goal is making disciples of Jesus, then the question is, how do we make that happen? Now, to be fair... One of the reasons why I try to get everyone there on Sunday morning is because we pass that bucket and we I expect money to be put into that, it. Right. But it's because, you know, I mean, that's, that's just the way we've always done it. But, you know, with electronic giving and, right. you know, I, I, this, this sounds crazy. I, I just read an article and, oh, I don't remember who it was. I wish I could. I'd love to cite the source. But um, an article of someone who said, maybe it's time to go away from offerings 
and tithes and offerings and move into a membership model, a subscription model. This is what it costs to be a part of this. And every, you know, and, and there's this minimum, whatever, so maybe premium subscription. Oh, I just am really <laughs> uneasy. We've I, talked no about argue, this no, before. No argument about it. It, is like, it was an interesting K-Kong. article. Yeah, I'm not saying that's yeah. the way to go, but I mean, I, one of the electronic go. giving does essentially, maybe not that, because again, sure. motivation, talking about the, the church that did the financial piece to write that it, so that people would give more money to the church. Brilliant. Brilliant motivation. So, yeah. you know, but the, but the electronic giving may take care of a lot of that issue. You know, if, if people are getting what they need and it's not through Sunday morning worship, um, they're getting it elsewhere and they are experiencing a lot of transformation through small groups or other programming, then, okay. But the, again, it comes back to what you said. What, what are we trying to get them from and to and getting, again, getting Bob and Barbara out of their Sunday morning ritual to show up at your worship service, the, 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 the question is, is why would they want to come? Why would they want to break their rituals? And again, it comes down to, like I said, practical, relevant value. Right. If, 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 they, if they don't perceive it, then, you know, they're, they're not coming. And, you know, on next Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I am doing oh, a right. three-day challenge. It's uh, an hour and a half, three, one hour and a half um, conversations, if you will, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, on how to stop inviting people to church and grow your church anyway. Because, let's be honest, your people have been inviting people to yeah. church, your, their neighbors to church, for years. Well, they used to invite them to church. Yeah, now, I'm not so sure right well, now. No, they because like, they, they stopped inviting because, right. number one, that they've invited everybody they know. And number two, every time they invite them, they say no. And so we're going to talk about that in three days. It's three days, three workbooks, three daily challenges to help you uh, find ways to get your church growing without inviting people to church, but inviting them to something that they really want to come to. There it is. Hey, we're almost out of time. We are out of time. So we have to say goodbye to you. Look forward to seeing you next Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday. And challenge. And does that mean, will we be seeing them next Wednesday on Church Talk? We will see you on Wednesday on Church Talk. But don't use that as your excuse, not your reason, right? right? Your excuse for not joining us for the challenge. Right. And registration is there in the description. Hey, we'll see you next week. Gotta go. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you.